Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Roker Report podcast. We've finally won at home. Can you believe it? Stop the clocks. Stop everything you're doing. I can't believe it. I'm joined by Gav. How are you doing? Mint. I'm actually, no, I'm not. I'm over again. Hungover again? A two-day hangover. I was just talking about Alex on the way in. I'm, I'm getting a bit old, like. It's disgraceful. How old are you now? 26. That's no age, man. It is on the drink, like. I'm 23, I feel a bit more. Like. I, used, I used to be much better when I was 18. We've got Alex Fresh from Sheffield University. Yep, also on a two-day hangover, but as I'm 20, I've got no excuse. So, yeah. Well, otherwise, right, fantastic. Home for Christmas. Cheer on. What are you studying in Sheffield again? Philosophy. Philosophy. What, what would you say the philosophy of Sunderland Football Club is at the moment? Um, I'd probably say that in Coleman we trust would be a nice oh nice I like, it. I like it very good and we're also joined by James Nichols how are you doing I'm quality day mate only one not hungover so I'm feeling good I'm, uh, I don't feel too rough from the weekend that's still definitely there yeah. but I feel it's feel good don't that feel good. like an onion and, and I'm, blaming, I'm blaming me hangover on Sunderland winning because I wouldn't have drank unless Sunderland had won I likewise went, I went to work absolutely smashed a DJ on the night I don't know if I've ever mentioned it before but <laughs> I turned up absolutely hammered and I made a right titting myself on the mic but what can you do happens once in a year so exactly you know what I mean? Right, we'll move on to the three-word review. We asked you for three words to describe Sunderland's home victory against Fulham. And I got a good response, didn't it, Gov? Aye. This, this is pinched, by the way. This is a feature that we've pinched from another podcast. But I don't really care. It was meant. You're so. not going to name the podcast. I'm not going to give them um, any credit. Fulhamish podcast. Fulham. We're on the run. Our extra show last week. It's a good. It's a good podcast if it's you're good. a Fulham fan, yeah, but really nobody good. here is. So no. Fuck them. I, I'll, <laughs> I'm Harsh. That's true. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so we've got with, for the three-word review. We've got James Hunter, um, who is a journalist for the Chronicle, isn't he? Yeah. It says a home win. Which relevant? You've got it's the hope we yeah the hope is it the hope you can't stand or I can't stand? You're gonna have to get this right eventually. Every, every like time every know, week, I know, hope, <laughs> I can't stand. hope I can't stand. <laughs> One calendar year, they say. We've got Mark Carrick, who's a, a new Rugger Report writer, says winning clean sheet. Rory Fallow, big bag of cans. That's three words in bag of cans. You can't read. What's going on, yeah? I can't. Terrible. Um, Great start of each other. SAFC Dolphin says a Christmas miracle. Um, Niall Bromley says spunked my pants. Very good. Uh, Lisa Marie Button says drinks all round. And Grandad Al says Howay in in a Madger. Very good. Howay in a Madger. That's technically four words again, isn't it? I know, but you joined there. <clears throat> in a, like a southern inner. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Got to be done. Right, we're going to go around the table for the Fulham thoughts. I'll start with you, Gav. What did you make of the game? Uh, I can't really see anything negative about it, to be honest. There are, there's one or two things I wasn't happy with, but I'm not going to really let that overarch me, me feelings on the game. I just thought it was about as good a Sunderland performance as I've seen in a long time, and it wasn't 
it wasn't scintillating football and it wasn't like we, we were bad at Fulham. It's just that we looked so prepared. Everybody knew their job. Um, quite clearly, Coleman's having an effect, whether it be on the training pitch. I thought you were going to say having an affair there. <laughs> well, uh, before the games, he's obviously you know getting the lads very well drilled and uh, it's starting to show on the pitch. I mean, every week we look better and better. We're getting more and more close to you know the type of Sunderland team that I like to watch, which is one that works very hard for each other. Not necessarily about one player, um, like it was maybe at times last season with Defoe, or you know, not necessarily a fractured group like we've seen this season. It was just a very good team performance where maybe five or six different players played well. Um, and you know, I can't believe the contrast. Me and it's there was an article today on the site, or there's an article going up in the next couple of days, and it's centered around the idea that this job isn't a poison chalice. Just somebody yeah. just needs to yeah. to work hard and get it yeah, right. And I couldn't it, agree more. Yeah, it, I mean, it, he's done nothing extraordinary, has he? He's basically got a defence organised. He's managed to work out a way of getting Darren Gibson to play in his side. Yeah. Um, He's got the right blend of experience and youth, which everybody said before the season start was important. And I think, to, I know George Honeyman played a lot of football under Grayson, but I mean, to a degree, he didn't really utilise what he had at his disposal. I mean, it's not a case of throwing people in. He's given Josh Madger 15 minutes, 20 minutes, uh, mm. and he, you know, it's changed the game. He's doing it properly. Yeah. Um, the, one of the main things for me, which I don't really think many people have spoke about, but how many times did Robin Router get the ball at his feet and carry it out mm. and just look? That that's a confident goalkeeper. That's yeah, not. That, that's nothing extraordinary. He's, just, he's confident. You know it the man came off, came off the line a couple of times as well. Yeah, didn't he, to, uh, to once or twice. My heart was in my mouth. But yeah. to be fair to him, he never put a foot wrong. Goal, no? Goalkeeper is such a uh, a confidence position, isn't it? You need to have confidence to play. Mm. New oh, goalkeeper yeah. coming over. He's quite young as well. I think we yeah. just have to give the football such an immediate game that we're just we're tempted to write somebody off straight yeah. away. Yeah. But given a run of games, you know, I think he's doing well. Alex, what did you make of Fulham? Well, I mean, you know, obviously, in short, it was fantastic. But obviously, in to give it more detail, I have to say that it was great just to sort of watch a team look so much more purposeful for once. I mean, you know, we've, we've ever like wondered before, like, is this job a poison chalice? And Coleman's, I think, put those rumours to bed just by clearly ha- like showing that it's not based on the fact that all you need to do is sort of give your team a bit of purpose, you know, not... You know, have sort of like build an identity or at least get them on the right track towards doing so. You know, Moyes' sort of carelessness for the job sort of eliminated the chances of us really developing an identity. I think Grayson's sheer incompetence, to put it quite bluntly, meant we couldn't. But Coleman's got all the lads really well drilled. You know, they all seem to know what they're doing. In the case of Roydich, the case of him, you know, having a good team in front of him to help build his confidence. I mean, there's players like Honeyman and Gooch who for the past two weeks have looked like they've played, looked like they've been given a game plan, straight they've been told what to do and how to do it, and they've just gone and done it. You know, They've listened to the manager, and while they're maybe not the best, well, not the most talented players in the division, you know, they're hard-working. It's the same with Madger and Azoro. You know, you just you tell them what to do, they'll go out and do it, and together that'll constitute an entire, an entire build, an entire identity, and if we keep that week in, week out, you know, we'll win more than we'll lose, I'm sure. James, what did you make of Fulham? I thought it was a really interesting game. It's not like one of those games where it was us in the ascendancy for the full thing. It was a very even match, and it was very even from both sides. Uh, we had equal chances galore. I think Fulham only really broke us down in the first half when they brought, sort of came in the ascendancy in, say, 40 to 45 minutes, when Kearney had a good chance, which was brilliantly smothered by Brown, and uh, he got in behind. And that was the first time they really got in behind our defence. The other time, so when they got in, was Norwood, we missed a header, and Stefan Johansson just nearly got in the back post. And the way we defended up until that point was excellent. We were very solid. We stepped 
we stepped up and stopped them allowing to get in behind us, which is Fulham's big game. Fulham's game plan is that Johansson plays as in a false number nine and everything's through Cessignon and Fredericks on the wings. Mm. And we completely nullified their, their threat for most of it. And the only time they came through anything is because of their genuine ability. They are, Fred, Fredericks looked good. Like um, I, I quite like him. Yeah, um, the two were probably the best attacking <laughs> fullbacks in the division. It was, a, it was a good battle between him and Adam, uh, Adam Matthews, I thought. Well, he, he, he's a player that's it, that's turned a corner under Coleman, definitely. Like, what yeah, a resurgence, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's, he's totally. playing really well. Uh, and also, for me, I want to touch upon the substitutions as well because yeah. for me that's so positive and it shows such a strength of character and a willingness to win the game that I don't think we would have got under Grayson mm. I think if that's mm. a Grayson side playing Fulham home or away he's pleased with the point yeah. whereas Coleman's thinking he's looking at the game he's analysed it he's thinking look we can nick this here and I know well crucially I know how we're going to nick this and a bit of pace a bit of youthful yeah. vigour was, was just what the game needed it wasn't just the subs itself it was the way Coleman approached it he, ch- he kind of tactically switched it like say he's got an hour I think it was when an hour gone we kind of switched to being more defensive and hitting on the counter previously to that was all based on getting into the weaknesses of Reem and Callas who are both very strong defenders very clever and very fast across the ground but they're both quite small slight and not have zero variability so that a lot of the first half pre- pre- uh, predicated on balls into the box that's why you've seen so many headers from Vaughan from Grab and that's why you've seen so many late runs into the box and then on about the 60th minute he changed it we went much more counter attacking and he saw that Grab and Vaughan just didn't have the pace to get him behind and he made that ballsy move, went for it and changed it and it paid off dividends. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's Coleman's opportunism, which I think has popped up a lot now, you know, like he's sort yeah. of seen, he's seen that a game can turn on a substitution and rather than picking the option that'll lead us to sort of go for a draw, go for a nil yeah, or a 1-1, definitely. he's thought, OK, right, I've seen a weakness and rather than sort of trying to cover up our own weakness to sort of see how to stalemate, I'm going to, I'm just going to go for it, you know, mm. I'm going to bring an attacking player. Yeah. I mean, he, he did that against... <clears throat> Against Burton, you know, he brought yeah. on players like Vaughan, you know, he brought on just like a sheer work rate to sort of like, you know, just like, yeah, he identified just run them down. what we needed yeah. for the game and changed it from there. Yeah, it's it really per- promising. It took the crowd uploads as well. Like, yeah. like oh, yeah. people around me were just like, hmm, ballsy. You mm. know I don't what think mean? I've heard a roll like yeah. that for a substitution. Yeah. Like, but I was it, in the right, right at the back of the South Stand and there was just like an edible, like, raw, and they both came on, like a proper, like, raw. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that for a sub before. Yeah. And, uh, Obviously, I'll give the players a big boost as well. Yeah, massive. Game on. I mean, it gives I'm, them a big view. It gives Madger and Asoro a massive boost to be trusted in that situation. Madger's been out for what? How long? Since since the end of pre-season, really, yeah. hasn't he? And Asoro, has he been fancied? You know, he's never really had. He's not had time to impact games. And Coleman's as a substitution hung his hat on Asoro yeah. as well. Um, against Burton, he came on and changed the well, game. And I, I never realised just how you. I should have, but I didn't realise how young Madger was. 18, yeah. 18 year old, Jesus. you know what I mean? That's a massive that. situation yeah. to be thrown into, but I mean, we hear so much about how, how highly thought of he is. It was written um, in the stars with Maja a little bit. Like yeah. if you look at the if you look like midweek, the Sullen Twitter was based a lot around Maja. They were pushing yeah. Maja quite a lot. There was numerous interviews with him, with other players about him. There was daily videos, daily photos about Maja. And so it was kind of written in the stars. He was an ex Fulham player. We signed him from Fulham yeah, Academy. Yeah, we got him from Fulham. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. he, he, so, I think he went through Fulham via Man City, didn't he? And, yeah. and then it was. I was yeah. told actually he played uh, when he left Fulham. When he was released, he was picked up by Man City playing on uh, street football. Oh. Yeah, and uh, it was like a. You know, the signed him. He wasn't there actually very long. He was only there about seven or eight months. It's it's great strength of character for him to <clears throat> kind of sort himself out mentally from a big injury like that. Because pre season he was the guy. Like without, I've said it on the podcast before. Without Madger in pre season, it would have looked even worse. And it was a it was a poor pre season. Mm. And you know, he's kind of had like Sunderland at his feet, so to speak. Yeah. And then he's got injured, and he's bounced back from it really well. That was his first ever competitive appearance, wasn't it? He, he appeared in the League Cup against QPR last but, year, in, but it wasn't in league in league terms. League, yeah. yeah. That's so yeah. he's come on. He's done his job. But yeah. You can't fault him but for it, it, really. I mean, we've we've got to be careful with him as well, though. We don't want to 
just throw him in at the deep end. You know, no, no. this is the right way to use him, in my opinion. I think you know towards the end of games when when um, energy trumps tired legs, perfect. You know uh, what I mean? I, I think you know it's a cliche, but <laughs> aging championship clogger centre backs are going to be scared of a sorrow and magic coming on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially Birmingham and Birmingham on Saturday. I wouldn't start him either. Like, I, I know no, that might no. not be that might be like controversial. A lot of fans would like to see a sore magic in from the start. Mm. But Birmingham centre backs are huge. Like Michael Morrison is just a typical yeah. bruiser. I agree with you there. We will get to that later, though. We're going to move on now to the five at the back because it just seems to be working, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm really happy with it. Um, we all anticipated really that this would happen eventually. I think injuries have kind of thrown us into into this situation. Like I don't think down at Wolves, the plan originally would have been five at the back with um, with players fit but you know it's dictated what we've got to do um, it's a shame that Oviedo's not fit because I mean you put him on the left hand side and put Matthews over the right and that could be a like, real outlet Oviedo oh, yeah, massive a real good setup with them um, especially in this Matthews league form. in this league as yeah. well so I'm, I'm really happy with it I think if something's working you, there's no need to change it like, there's people around me at the game talking beforehand like, I was there a little bit early oh I wouldn't have went five at the back today I'm thinking well it worked last week. Why change it? And it's worked again. Another clean sheet. Yeah. So yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like yeah, you know, it's, it's, and, and it's not. It's not like an all-out defensive. Coming out on you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's not an all-out defensive. Sound bites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, why I'm here. It's not an all-out defensive um, system. Like next no, week. Not at all. Next week when we play Birmingham, um, it, we can be a lot more attacking because they are so yeah. poor. Mm. Whereas that uh, this week when you were coming up against a team who had uh, good wide players, full backs who are just as good as their wide players yeah, at getting definitely. forward, we knew well, that we had to be their width as well. Yeah, like the way they play, the two wingers cut in very deep. Like it was Font, who's actually a striker on one side, and Johansson drops deep alongside Kenny to control, and they kind of oh, try and overload the middle with Sessignon and Fredericks either side, and it just played into our hands the yeah, three in the massively, back I think, I think there's a stigma uh, you know, about playing five at the back in Britain that's slowly, slowly yeah. kind of ebbing away that's kind of like a hangover from the Italian days because mm-hmm. five at the back for so long was the way the Italians played and the Italians always played pretty defensively Yeah. so I, I think that's slowly ebbing away I think yeah. it's not like the old school Catanaccio where it's just let's yeah, get course, five yeah, yeah. behind the ball and sit deep it's it's like a pervading opinion that five is naturally like a very Chelsea, defensive formation. It's, it's more it's advanced. Conte Con- is the one that kind of yeah, advanced I was it in about, this country, That's what I was going to touch on. Coleman was doing it arguably a bit before Conte, yeah. if not around the same Conte, time for Wills. It was Conte's yeah. system with Italy, wasn't it, I think, as yeah. well? Yeah, I mean, you know. two good wing-backs can turn defence to attack seamlessly. You know? Yes. And yeah. with Oviedo and Matthews, I think you've got two very good wing-backs. You know, well, Matthews mainly on current form, but Oviedo, I think, naturally... And- and that only works if you've got two central midfielders going beyond, which we have now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With Honeyman and Gooch going beyond, you know, Luke Ball talked about it last week. If you've got players who go beyond Gibson, oh, and right. it, it, it takes so much pressure off the full-backs. Yeah. It means it takes pressure off Gibson. Yeah, um, it just suits us. I think. I think when we've got players back fit, it'll suit us even more. When when the race and I did an article up on the site, where it was like it was um, round peg square holes. It's like the idea that. Not more the idea more that, philosophy. Yeah, like we had, we had an, like, there was a pervading idea that the system's right and the players are wrong. But for yeah. me under Grayson, the players were right, but the system for the players was completely wrong. Well, Matthews was playing centre half at one yeah. point in that system. It, you know, Coleman's came right in, and identified what the problem is, and built his system around what our strengths are. Mm. Like, you know, Mark Wilson's allowed to play the ball out of defence. I thought Mark Wilson is a very effective against Fulham. Best game so far. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Browning's covering, covering, and O'Shea's just allowed. He's protected by the legs of the two either side of him, just allowed mm. to control the matters in the middle. That, that, that system's perfect for Roche, I think. Definitely. Just, just because it allows him so much cover. And he, he kind of gets to to drop off slightly in like a little bit of a sweeper position, although that, that kind of term's not in vogue anymore, and kind of direct play, mm-hmm. which I think 
is good for John O'Shea's skill set and well, his ability where he is at the moment in his career. I would rather we weren't relying on John O'Shea, but in this situation, you know, <laughs> he's act. I mean, I've 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 given him a lot of stick. I'd, I'd rather we didn't hold on to him hmm. in the summer, but obviously finances dictate otherwise. He's worth keeping around when you haven't got the money to buy new players. Um, we aren't going to go out and sign another centre half with his experience and quality. I wouldn't have thought in January. So it's uh, really it's about getting them in the side and how can you mm. it, it, kind of the same with Gibson really the, the pair of them um, they the can be effective in your team if, if your system suits them obviously at, at the weekend Wilson one side Brown in the other I mean perfect they were both like you say carry the ball out and, and it, it took a lot of pressure off O'Shea and he was literally just a shield really yeah. and he was and he was he was getting rid of everything for us whilst they were were distributing it really and I think uh, I think there's a there's a bit of humble pie to be uh to be to be given out really or served because well on this podcast last week I said like what do you think of Darren Gibson lads personally I can't stand him and in the space yeah. of a week he, he's turned my opinion around a little bit and we've all sat here he's and, been our most improved player under Coleman exactly we've all, we've all sat here and slated John O'Shea the likes of Vaughan we've, we've given criticism to Reuter in the past as well Matthews even Browning to an extent and Honeyman and Gooch although we've always yeah. credited the, the work rate we haven't necessarily given them yeah. a lot of credit so I think well especially after the first win mm. it's I, Christmas time I thought Honeyman fuzzy. kind I of epitomised our performance on Saturday like Honeyman was just very effective at what he'd done on the, in the game he was he had a very high influence in the game like and I know I was talking earlier like, some people were saying like you know critical of him in the final third but I thought he was very effective he, he, he's not the one who's aiming to be like to make everything to happen at the end but he's He's kind of just like Sutherland in microcosm. Like he yeah. the way he works, the yeah, way yeah. He, he's effect- he, the, off the ball. Him and Matthews linked up very well at times, and the completely isolated Fredericks down there, Fulham's mm. right hand side, and overloaded him. And I think three or four of our most dangerous opportunities came from exactly that. You know, you know what I like most about Honeyman. I've said it on this podcast all season. He, he's he's not afraid to want the ball. Yeah, he goes looking for it constantly. I hate midfielders who don't want the ball. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the the hideout on the wing. Oh, yeah. Players like that, the, the hideout on the wing or the hideout away from the player, they don't want to, they don't want to get involved. Honeyman's in everything; he covers every single blade of grass on the pitch. As does Gooch, to his, yeah. to his mm. fairness. But I think Honeyman technically is a little bit better than Gooch with the ball at his feet, and he moves it yeah, better. Um, but it, like I say, it fits his system. The problem is really though, we, we can sit and talk about how great this is. It's not, we're not going to win every game playing the system. We have to adapt, depend yeah. on the opponent. But um, I mean, short term, it's about getting away from the the, the bottom three. Um, we're out of it now, but we can quite as easily drop back in next week if we're not careful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to be um, in every game, though, which is what's important. Yes, and it's 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 a mentality thing. It always has been. When when you, even with the injuries we've had, um, that this squad's good enough to middle of the table. It, it's good enough, more than good definitely, enough. Definitely. You know, we're not, and with the right manager leading them, then there's no reason why we can't we can't. Uh, pull away but the problem is I guess is that we started the season so badly we have had problems you know, with injuries as well you know massive massive problems but it's, it's good to see like and Don coming back like, even Madjet to an extent because we I mean I was going to add earlier on but talking about him in pre-season he was up Easily our best forward in pre-season. He would have started against Derby for me. You got, you got about five goals pre-season. Four, I think. Four but five, I mean, yeah. the, the game he got injured in at Bradford, he was quality. I was there. Yeah. Um, he was. He, he took his goal fantastically. I just think that he would have started that Derby game, and we might have been talking about something totally different. You know, he might have, Grayson could be still. In yeah, yeah. You never day. know. You never know. I think. I think. <laughs> he might, have I think he might have. True. He might have. He might have played that that game. He might have started against Berry. You know. So he would. He would have had a better launching pad, I guess. But I mean. You, you can't complain with the way that mm. things went for him yeah I dare say you know. in pre-season he was the only sort of regularly consistent performer who actually wanted to stay at the club you know yeah. I mean if you think like 
pre-season for me was almost the Josh Madger and Jerry Lenz show you know they were like every game they were yeah. just banging goals yeah, in yeah. but obviously you know Lenz isn't here to stay but Madger is yeah yeah that's true so very quickly before we take a quick break you know Coleman so far can he do any wrong and what does he change to get his performance can't do any wrong by me at the minute no he, he, can, he can come for dinner at Problem. my house anytime <laughs> <Yeah. last year. laughs> thing, thing is though like he's, he's took over from such a, took us over you know after such a low ebb like yeah. it, it, there was literally no looking back you know it can only get better I mean we were getting relegated under Grayson in my opinion if we'd stuck by him we'd, we'd be we'd be still no further forward I think I think that we are, we're looking forward now and um, Coleman Coleman, he hasn't done anything revolutionary. He's come in, he's went, right, I've got maybe 15 senior players, add the kids to that. Mm. Um, what what can I do to get the the move in? The first game he took charge of, the midfield was Gibson, was Honeyman, was Gooch. The game we've just played, it was Gibson, Honeyman and Gooch. He obviously, he's trying to find a way to get things working, particularly with Gibson. Mm-hmm. He's looked at Darren Gibson and went... There's a reason he played for Man United. There's a reason he's got so many international caps. Why is it not working for him? What can I do to get a system that works? He plays for Northern Ireland. That's probably why he's got so many international caps. Who? Darren Gibson. Republic of oh, Ireland. Republic of Ireland, Ireland sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Coleman, so if you're going to be clever, you know, know get the country know, right. That was terrible, that was um, No, he, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's changed absolutely nothing apart from go back to basics, which is... I, I wrote something last week about it. Um... Uh, it, it just reminds me when Aldice come in and all he did and it, at the time it actually frustrated us because I didn't really understand it but like hindsight god I, I totally get it yeah. about about the clean sheets thing and respecting the point oh, uh, that, that's like when you're struggling that's massive you look at you look at the teams in the Premier League now for instance you look at Everton who's Aldice just took over and it's no coincidence they're not conceding goals anymore it, it's like the first thing any new manager should do when they walk into a club is go let's get solid and it's why you look. I look at like um, there's West Brom under Padre. I think they've had four games. I haven't won yet, and he's not setting them up the right way. Oh, shock horror! <laughs> but like, <laughs> like the, it's so easy. I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's just me. No, but, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. Um, I do a, a podcast um, with my uni mates, and a couple of them kind of they don't respect the point, as Allardyce would say. And you, you've got to because if you don't concede, you can't lose. It, it, yeah, it, well, just, it just makes sense to me to get the back the, sorted first. Klopp for me is a bit of a not to go off on too much of a tangent, but Klopp for me is a bit of a, a bit of a charlatan at the moment because he's had a, a lot of time to get that defence sorted and he hasn't. Yeah, yeah, but I was just about to talk something about that really. Um, I watched Liverpool Bournemouth, um, and before the game, Graham Souness talked about it. He said like, you know, they can't set up to play total football and you know quotation marks they can't set up to play that way against Liverpool because they'll get battered mm, yeah. um, Bournemouth did exactly that and got battered and it, there's a lesson to be learned for every team from that like, you, you, you've got to look at who you're facing like we faced Wolves the best team in the in the league this season so far and we didn't go to try and play football and we come away with a point to clean sheet now if you'd been offered that before the game you would have said yes and totally it, and it's, uh, these yeah. football and hipsters do my head in because we're completely within our rights to do that defending is a, a part of the game well, their, their manager had a pop after the game didn't he about it and then sour grapes probably uh, deflecting from the uh, from the, the bad results but, as well mind. But, but then you look at the game at the weekend against Fulham another team who are a good attacking outlet who play possession based football you know you we, one thing about this squad, even when Grayson was here, when we played a play a team who holds the ball, tend to do all right. I mean, red in the side, but we had ten men. You know, there's a there's a certain way of playing against certain teams that gets you results. I'm not, I'm, I won't begrudge watching 
bad football if we get no. results. Yeah. That's yeah. what Coleman's good at. He's good at identifying the strengths and weaknesses of not just of his own team, but of other teams. Like we all heard beforehand about his man management skills. We know how good he is of a leader of, of players. Yeah. But he can, he's identified exactly what strength and weakness every single player we've got in our strength, our squad so far has had, and worked perfectly to how to solve that. Yeah. He's seen that Joe Shane Gibson don't have legs, so he surrounds them with energetic players who are going to protect them, like Honeyman and Gooch. Well, etc he's, well, he's worked very he's, he's obviously worked a hell of a lot off mm. away from the pitch with the players and that's something what I didn't see under Grayson well, I've you, got nothing but good things to say about even, Coleman even playing Adam Matthews as like an inverted wing back like at the weekend you know he's all right foot so let's not try and bomb down the wing and the, yeah. the central midfielders weren't trying to play out of the wing to him he was cutting inside and passing it back inside it's, it's, it's about realising the strength and limitations yeah, yeah. Of, of his players and setting him setting his team up around that and it's common sense but a lot of managers don't get it right. He's just been resourceful, really, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The one, the one thing that I would, I, when I said at the start about maybe having slight gripes, the only thing was, I've, if you look at the games we've played so far um, under Coleman, I mean, Villa Graben scored a relatively scruffy goal, and then he got a penalty against Redden. But I mean, this system doesn't really suit him. I don't think, um, not from what I've seen so far, anyways, because a lot of the balls when we're under pressure coming over his head and he won't chance for headers I know he won't um, <clears throat> so it's about I, I mean it's, it's going to be difficult actually because what we're, we're in the middle of December now um, in a couple of weeks he might not be a Sunderland player so I mean we've got to try and we've got to try and find a way of working him in the team over the Christmas period I guess because he's I mean I don't think he, I think of all the players on the pitch on Saturday he was the least effective I don't think Grabbin's um, quite a Coleman player either no that's if, what I was going to yeah I think when we, we spoke about it last week didn't we like yeah. Sam Vokes and players like that yeah. are his type of striker I mean, Grabbin I'm honest I'm full of respect for him for what he for what he's done for, so far this season great that he's scored as many goals as he has but I, I just think in this system he's, he isn't, he isn't it, we aren't getting the best out of Graben it, like. it just doesn't seem the right fit for anybody at the moment I mean Graben to his credit has scored goals but it doesn't seem to be the right fit for Graben and the fans Graben and the system yeah. Graben I'm not sure if Graben well, probably probably doesn't think he's getting the credit he deserves hmm. so no. I, I, I can see I can yeah. see him going it'd be interesting at the weekend like I mean I know we're going to talk about it later but Graben Graben against a team that's so poor like I'm talking about time to change systems to play a certain way mm. we might go five at the back again but we might have to play um, more through grabbing I guess he was, yeah. I mean he was only getting on the ball at the weekend when he was coming deep for it yeah. I, don't, I don't think that was a tactical thing I think he was actually just quite frustrated and not, not getting the ball it's coming over his head so he's coming deep for it mm. um, so that, that'll be really interesting I think to see if over this coming fortnight when we've got so much football to play whether whether Graben actually can start scoring with goals again yeah, from yeah. open play you know definitely right we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back here with some Twitter questions hello and welcome back to the Rugger Report podcast for part two um, we're going to go to some Twitter questions now we've got one from Sergeant Scooter Boy have you stopped smiling yet hashtag still buzzing no <laughs> All I've done, all no, I've done no. today is talk about the match. To people, I know, I know. It's, it's been, it's in a nice feeling again. Like you, a, you forget, you forget how like reliant this city is on having a good football team. Yeah. I, I do a couple of restaurant shifts upstairs in the Duncow just over Christmas, and um, on Saturday after the match, I think they doubled the take or something. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it crazy. It's astounding, really, like how like big an impact it can have. It's just there's such a link between the football team I, and the city. It's mad. When I wrote, when I wrote me, me quick kicks bit for the site. I said, like, I went through a range of emotions that I've actually forgotten about. Right. Like, when, when Magic come on, yeah. I was like, there was 
something we just went through is hearing the crowd sing again at home games, which sounds ridiculous, but I mean, we've been through such a hard time as fans that there's just been no atmosphere at the stadium. Like everyone's singing again, everyone cheering when we won at mm. the end, you know. The, the the nervousness of watching the clock count down, the ref calling four minutes at a time and like the whole place whistling and cheering to get the ref to I have I've really missed that just that You've, feeling. I've I've missed the pride as well, but living away for so long I always and we were decent when I lived away really, like relatively. So I've always had that sense of pride of our fans being like the best and yeah. I've I've had a kick in for that recently because I've said it for so long and then I, I didn't get to go to the match um, but I was following it live um, and I, I switched football focus on for the results and one of the commentators when uh, when Madge scored said like still fans are celebrating like they've won the league like I can't believe it how loud they've been and it's like yes finally we've got that yeah. that sense of pride back it was, it it's because we've finally been afforded like the basic human rights of football fans haven't we like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. excitement you know <laughs> like. and, and, and we've been hammered hammered for you know not not being there through like one of the worst periods Aye. in the club's recent history but we're always hammered by pundits who are fans of teams who've not experienced that you know it's funny how the Blackpool fans don't pipe up yeah. call us out or the Charlton fans you know yeah, yeah fans it's always Gary Lineker and his Leicester you know that, that's what was disappointing about when the Wolves fans came out about and, and started getting on our yeah. backs a bit but you know see how many how many teams have got one win in 2017 haven't won in 364 days at home yet still average over 30,000 in the stadium over the course of the calendar year it's it's, it's, it's crackers it's like, crackers it was it was I was actually quite. I know it's near Christmas. I was. I was a little bit disappointed to say there was so few people there, but I do think next weekend. I mean, that was a great. That was a. That's a marker now, and that win. Oh, it's like it really has announced Coleman for me to this fan base. Like this guy's a real deal. He really needs our support, uh, irrespective of what you think of Martin Bain, of Ella Short, of the way the club's been run in recent years. Um, this manager's worth getting behind, and we we have to we have to try our best to get there. I mean, I, I saw a thing today on the club website: um, kids for a quid at the weekend. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And finally, we've won a game. And I mean, I can understand like why any young supporter just starting going to games would wouldn't enjoy it. It's 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 good uh, as well because because Coleman back into it, you know? Coleman's talked about you know he, he hasn't criticised the stay away fans rightly no. so, but he said you know we need to give them something. We need to give them something to, to invest in, and he's given us something now. He's put, you know, three clean sheets and five decent performances. Now we've got to repay the favour, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and I would like, I would like to see. I know it's near Christmas and times are hard, but like I say, kids can get in for a pound at the weekend with a with a paying adult. It's I, safe, I think it might be boosted know. with it being Christmas as well because people are home, aren't they, for Christmas yeah. and stuff? That, yeah, that Sunderland ticket Boxing looks a bit. Day. That Sunderland ticket as a present looks a bit more viable now. Yeah, do you know like, what I mean? When we're at home on Boxing Day and stuff, it's always one of my biggest crowds because yeah. people are just home for Christmas. Everyone's off work. All the exiles. You know? Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we get that, that kind of uh, crowd against Birmingham. You know, like I say, the manager's worth getting behind. We've got a. We've got a now do our bit as fans I think and yeah. and really support them mm. right we're going to go to a few more Twitter questions we've got Cameron Johnson who asks with win- wingers McManaman and McGeady both seemingly regulars on the bench do you see a way back for them Um, I do obviously like I said earlier over the course of the season I'm going to have to use the squad gonna, of course we are we haven't, we haven't got a strong enough 11 to mm. I mean that, I'm, granted that team's done great the last few weeks but it's about having a, a, a good squad and McGeady, as poor as he's been recently, has still, at the start of the season, been one of our better players. There's always a place for him in the side if the game dictated. Obviously, just at the minute, doesn't suit the, the system, but you know we might, we might get a couple of bad results and the manager needs to change the team. Um, McManaman's the one that's disappointed me most because yeah. I thought that... Done um, very little. 
Yeah, I just thought that. And then when he had the chance to a, do something, he messed, messed it up a bit. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was a, <laughs> just a bit. I think it was just, it's just he's just had a real opportunity to come here and cement himself, and he hasn't done it. But I mean, like I say, the, with confidence comes um, a, a better team spirit, I guess, over the over the course of the season. And McManaman and McGeady might you know get their heads up a bit more because players like that thrive on confidence. Really, you know, when when you're getting beat every week, neither player is going to be very impactful. But if we if we start Build my home form, you know. If we if we can win again at the weekend, maybe get a couple of other good results over the coming month or so at home, then there's there's absolutely no reason why those players couldn't be the impact players and and maybe be the ones to change the game. Because I know I know, like I say, as bad as McGee's been, uh, we've seen this season what he can do out of nothing. And there's going to be like we we scored out of nothing at the weekend. Really, it looked like a nailed on nil nil for me until those subs were made. You know, there's the different players call for different situations. I wouldn't write yeah. them off. They're too important to us to be written off just yet. What's promising about the Coleman era as well is that he is getting the best out of players, so there's no reason to suggest that he might... Well, yeah, there's no reason to suggest he won't be able to do that with with McGeady. Uh, Alex, I'll throw you a question again from Cameron Johnson. Um, Next match, Birmingham at home. Do we remain with Vaughan and Graben up front or switched up? And this is also a question from Sam as well, who asks if we should start Madger or Asoro, kind of the same format. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I think we should stick with Vaughan and Graben, definitely. I think it's too much to... To you know, like sort of sound out Azoro and Maja as mm. like first team regulars now. I think you know as big an impact as they can make. I think by and large their appearances should be limited to being impact subs. Mm. I think at this stage of the careers, it's just too much to put that responsibility on them. And I think Vaughan and Graben, I think they can do enough up front by themselves to justify having seventy or eighty minutes playing yeah. games week in week out. You know, I mean Graben, admittedly, you know he'll be uh, three or four more, three or four more games at the most. And I, I I dare say he's not really committed to the cause, bearing that in mind. Vaughan probably definitely is, and he was unlucky not to score against Fulham. You yeah, know, we, that. We, were, we were watching that save before um, in the highlights before we start the podcast. That save's phenomenal. Yeah, that save was unreal. Yeah, he's really unlucky not having him on the score sheet. You know, like he's he's I mean, and he scored against Burton as well. So I think having him as a regular starter with that work rate and with him getting a goal every now and then, I think that's totally fine. You're starting him, and then you know, failing that, bring him up for Azoro and Madger and roll the dice with them. Mm. As for grabbing, you know, while he's here, I'm, I'm sure, you know, he could put a few more away if he was given the right service. So, yeah, I think I think we should stick with them up front, and I think Azoro and Maja will be good enough impact subs. So we've got one from a Twitter user called uh, The Champ. Um, nice to, you know, call yourself The Champ. Uh, does Katz come back? Um, is Oviedo fit? If so, do you drop Love and put Matthews at right back? Does Endong start? I have so many questions to ask. That is a, a fair few Stop questions in one. First one, then does Katz come back? Yeah, James, does Katz come back? For me, no. <coughs> Not and for if, me he, if he does, it has to be in place of Gibson. You can't play the two together. Yeah, the way Gibson's been playing, we can't such, definitely afford to drop Such him. a lack of mobility when you've got Katz and, oh, and yeah. Gibson. Um, is Oviedo fit? Gav, is Oviedo? He's not fit at the no, moment, No, no. He's I a was, few weeks out, isn't he? Yeah, he's a few weeks away which, now. Which is It was interesting. I was told before the game at the weekend that Denver Hume had been... Was meant to be in the squad mm. uh, on Saturday. Who's if anybody doesn't know who Denver Hume is? He's a left wing back plays for the under twenty threes. Playing really, playing really well. well. Yeah, yeah. Play, yeah. Um, the win. I don't think they were too sure on him in the summer, and he got he got given an extension towards uh, the end of the season or start pre season. I'm not sure, but um, it's good to see him playing well in the under twenty threes. And I mean, there's some great opportunities to um, to bring in young young players. You know, over the coming weeks, particularly with Oviedo being out, Brendan Galloway clearly isn't fancied. Um, hence why Don. Love's been playing on the right, and you've he's you know moved Matthews out of position. Um, but 
I, I can't see any reason why you wouldn't put a player in that situation. We've seen what it can do for mm. a few others. You know, if he's if he's if he's confident and he's ready and he fits the fits the position, I think he can take instructions and work hard and be fantastic. But no, I've been. Long-winded way around it, but no, Aviero was not fit. <laughs> <laughs> that was a uh, good, very good. Um, and Dong as well was his last question. I think, I think I'd like to see Dong back in, back in the side when he comes back from injury. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I think he's going to be phased in. Coleman spoke about, it, didn't he? He said um, that when we've got a program for for injured players, and he would like them to play more football with the under 23s mm. it'll be interesting tomorrow night actually the under 23s play um, I think it's Spurs away at Stevenage's crown tomorrow night so it'll be interesting to see if any of them feature really because you would you would like to think that within Dong being out as long as he has been that he might he might get a, even an hour maybe McNair as well if they're not going to be playing at the weekend then they might as well play tomorrow I always forget about um, McNair he, he could be a good player when well, he comes back for us yeah Coleman, Coleman said that a couple of them had been back training but they weren't quite ready great opportunity to give them some minutes you know yeah um, I mean um, Coleman's done a good job so far of like finding a purpose for players and if anyone's crying out for an actual purpose on the field it's McNair and like how many different yeah. managers have played him in how many different positions now you know he's, he's played he's played everywhere that's not up front at this point hasn't he really we, we, st- we spoke about it on the show I think James you were saying that he, he started for United as a 10 didn't he or something yeah. like that so yeah he ha- he's played all through the middle but I think I think Ideally, you look at the system we're playing now. He could operate fantastically where Gibson's playing. So he's a he's an alternative to Gibson. If and anything, he, he could offer a bit more as well. Couldn't yeah, he? but we, I know we're talking about Catamol or Gibson. I think it's actually Gibson or McNair and Catamol's yeah. out of the picture. Mm. Yeah, I think he's third in that pecking order, isn't he? Yeah, it? yeah. I think Catamol needs that time out as well. That, well, that's actually. what Luke Ball was saying last week on the pod that maybe he needs to be out of the firing line for a little bit. I, w- I would say so. I think I think the suspension probably done him a favour. To be honest, like mm. I mean, I know. Obviously, it didn't affect proceedings in the end at Wolves. You know, with eleven men, who knows what might happen? But it was evident on Saturday that Catamol not being there improved our midfield. I, mean, I would personally keep it the same as with Gibson Middle, Gooch and Honeyman either side. I mean, Birmingham's danger comes from Jota and Jeremy Boger out wide. We need Gooch and Honeyman to still do the same so, role as they did in Wolves. And similar situation to the weekend, just gone. Uh, facing a team who've got two good wingers, you know, yeah. we've got to be very wary. I know, I know they haven't scored a lot of goals, but I think they've, they've only got eleven this season. Eleven goals, quite a few of them be penalties as well. Yeah, you know, but the, the the problem is, is that we are in no position to underestimate anybody. Yeah, no, we can't forget how bad we've had it this season. Mm. This is a great opportunity, like I say, to to just pick up some points, get another home win. Um, to, at the end of the day, if you're going to stay up, you have to beat teams like Birmingham teams around you in the table it's a six pointer I know it's a cliche but it is it's a six pointer Birmingham are, are going to come to Sunderland at the weekend and think the same way I would have, I would imagine even though they're not full of confidence it's a chance for them to get a win you know? well, well that leads us on to the, the Birmingham game as well and <coughs> Gav uh, kindly produced the show for me today and he, he's written Birmingham game how bad are they and surely we can't fuck this up which you know as a, <laughs> as a Sunderland fan Kind of answers its questions that like if ever a team can fuck this up, then we can and we will. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was talking to a Birmingham fan midweek, and he's not confident whatsoever. He's, he's his lowest ebb for a while, and that's yeah. coming after last season when they had a good manager and Gary Rowett sacked him for John Franco Zola in a crazy decision, mm. and then sacked him again and brought Redknapp in who kept them up the skin at the teeth. Spent a whole load of money and massive wages in the summer on what seems to have been failure so far. Funny how that and happens then, under Redknapp, isn't it's, it? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Sacked you, him again. It's funny you say that about the uh, the Birmingham fan. I was um, I produced the the midweek pod which is going to be out on Thursday night we actually recorded that last night spoiler um, stealing me thunder <laughs> you're stealing me thunder of me Hi. out Rogav um, but the guy that we spoke to and you, like I say everyone you, you're free to tune in on Thursday to pick that up but uh, 
he was probably the most despondent fan I've heard in a long time, and that's including Sunderland fans. Yeah. They've really, really got it. They're up against it, them. Like, so they're, they're as bad as it gets in terms of this league. Them and Burton would be Burton. Um, we're a lot more confident than we were when we went in the Burton game. You've got to fancy us, but I mean, like I said earlier, you just can't underestimate anybody, and particularly when you consider like how fragile our defence has been at points this season, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think normally would probably approach a game like this with like a mild apprehension thing and oh it's a very Sunderland thing for us to sort of go out and appear to have turned a corner and then to inexplicably lose three nil team that scored 11 goals all season that's bottom of the deal but under Coleman I don't fear that I think he's, he's far too intelligent far too calculated you know to sort of allow yeah, himself to get complacent or yeah. allow his team to get complacent point, yeah. I think if he expected players to get complacent he wouldn't play them yeah yeah I, I agree with you and as ever with football you, you go on it's it's kind of like you you go on your primary sources, you go on what's happened recently, and it's not the be all and end all. But looking at the form table, we've got three clean sheets and five. Birmingham haven't won in five. Mm, bottom yeah. of the table with sixteen points. Never won uh, away from minus, home this season. Haven't won away from thing. home this season. Minus twenty one goal difference. Um, I, I was just writing me uh me wrote a round table Fulham predict uh, not sorry me wrote a round table Birmingham predictions before we were sat down and I've I've gone for a three nil victory. Um, I think this could be like the real maybe like, with, the heads, with the with the heads up that can yeah yeah that bit of confidence more. now you know yeah what I mean? and I think I think now that it's quite clear what everyone's roles are in the team like performances were undoubtedly and, and improving we've on. scored goals all season and now we're not conceding goals yeah and I think what's just to build on what I've just said there but um, Gibson has got steadily better since Coleman came in mm. that, that's going to go right through the team like Matthews had a real um, game change in performance I would say you know that's yeah, as good definitely. as he's been for us yeah. so you would expect him to be at least as good next week there's three you know? players who had that, at least like Gibson um, Mark Wilson uh, George Honeyman arguably to an extent but definitely Gibson definitely Wilson definitely Adam Matthews have all had their three best performances in Sutherland shirt or last weekend yeah. And we've got a chance now to name an unchanged eleven for the first time this season. Providing, go in, providing touch wood, touch wood, providing no goes wrong in training. Yeah. And I think we need to do that and go ahead with this consistency with the form that we've got. Exactly the same two up front. Mm-hmm. Hit, hit Birmingham at the back, who are very shaky at the back. They don't and have it, a very strong midfield. I mean, they're, they're key midfielders, Craig Gardner. Apart from that, they've got David Davis, who went off injured the weekend. Apparently, Gardner Bell. hasn't actually played that much this season. He played at the weekend yeah. um, but I didn't know this until like I said I listened to that pod on Thursday the guy saying it's funny Graham reeled off like a, a list of names of players like Birmingham have got and he's like it's funny you should list those names because the majority of them haven't played this season <laughs> hardly I hadn't you know. considered the um, the Craig Gardner like rattling one in from 40 yards he did do narrative. a couple of seasons ago didn't he <laughs> yeah was it not for West Brom a couple of years ago he scored yeah, against he scored us. West Brom against us I think it was at the whole thing wasn't it Soon yeah so well but as we've seen so many times this season <laughs> Come back to it's also old ex-manager oh, yeah. Steve Cotterell coming in. Well, yeah. ex-assistant manager, sorry, Steve Cotterell. Who's so. not? Who's not um, doing particularly well yeah, at all? Two like, wins too 11. much of an ego by all accounts. Uh, he's there. He's not. He's not the right. Like we, we've kind of took the right kind of ego on. Like Coleman's got an ego, oh. but he's, of course he has. But he's he's also very grounded. It's something you can yeah. work with. Yeah. Where, whereas apparently Cotterell's very set in his ways. Doesn't acknowledge the fans. Which, surprise. You know. Well, there you go. Considering <laughs> who's assistant for Sunderland with the exactly. flying Vegas formations and all that. <laughs> So I, I think I think we cannot go into this game thinking about any, anything other than a win. Of course, we can't we can't take anything lightly. But well, I think we need that fine balance. Well, the players need that fine balance between you know a bit of added confidence, but not remember not forgetting where they've just come yeah, from. You know what yeah, I mean? And it's important that players like Honeyman and Gooch remember that they they've just. 
put in performances back, back really um, that have solidified their places in the team but of course like we mentioned earlier Matt Manaman and McGeady are sitting waiting in the wings should they mm. not pre- yeah. perform you know so you, although they're young there's, there's, you've got to have that you've got to be able to take that pressure because at the end of the day we're in a, we're in a relegation scrap doesn't matter how old you are Coleman said it himself doesn't matter how old they are if they're good enough to play well that's what's happening it'll at the be minute, interesting but... for our players as well because Birmingham this time away from home have been changing with three at the back with Emilio and Sue, the ex-Borough full-back on one wing, and Jonathan Rounds, who also ex-Borough full-back on another wing. Yeah. And away from home, they've been doing that and trying to match up teams. I think they might do that this weekend to try and match up our system away from home, away our, our confidence is right minute at the minute. And that'd be very interesting for our players to see how they mm. adapt to another team who changes for us instead of us doing that week in, week out. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Right, we've got about three minutes left before security kick us out of the studio, so I'm going to go with the Birmingham predictions go around the table. I just want your scores, please. Gav um, I'm going to go for a nice 2-0 win I think we'll, I think we'll be alright I'm sticking my neck out on the line with a 3-0 that's the, the James Copley prediction of the day probably wrong like, but Alex check these predictions by I'm going for a, next week. a nice a nice calm comprehensive 2-0 nice John and Gav there James I think James just needs to stick together and I'm going to go 3-0 as well thank you James I, the, oh, the, 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 supports, camp. the supports <laughs> so that means again well we said it last week it didn't happen but that usually means we'll, like, we'll lose so yeah. but no, hopefully we'll be alright Right, just a, a reminder of um, the new extra edition of the podcast on a Thursday. We've got Chris from the Tilton Talk Show, who's joining uh, fellow Rover reporter Graham to preview the game. He gives you a, a bit of a fan's perspective. Yeah, really good so, so far. Um, the, the Fulhamish one last week was, was really yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, so you can catch that on RoverReport.com. Um, and do us a favour, share this pod with your friends. You can subscribe on iTunes, Acast, and YouTube. We're on the Rover, uh, We're on the we're on the Twitter as, as at Roper Report um, we're on Facebook and we're on Instagram um, we're working at getting the Instagram followers up a bit I, so I'll say this every week I don't think no, I think we need to like we need a dedicated Instagram it's you you said you would do it alright I'll do it I'll on start the podcast doing it as well. hey. you said it on the pod you do it did I well. yeah, alright yeah. damn it okay well, <laughs> make sure not to do anything recorded ever again that's 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 also um, at Roper Report um Aye, so we'll catch you next time. Hopefully it's not another 364 days before we're talking about a home win. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Sincerely, well done. Yeah, right. Cheers for joining us, lads. No problem. Enjoyed it, as per. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Bye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.